When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As the Nationals are struck away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, oh, great crossover. Got Just him. Lance <laughs> hey, That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh, handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DC Crossover, episode 132. That is Mike Cerrone. I am Ben Simpson. It's good to be back. Mike has been Holding down the fort, I think, the last three episodes. Yep. So yep. you got to be sick of him by now. So I am back <laughs> in, in the swing of things here, looking forward to catching up. We got so much to talk about on this episode. We are in, uh, I mean, there's, there's uh, so many things going on sports wise right now, right. obviously, uh, with the various seasons and things like that. And then also you got World Cup, uh, which is fresh on the mind as U.S. Uh, drew today uh, in their game against Wales. Um, so a lot to talk to, uh, a lot to talk about. But I do want to remind you, you can follow the show on Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone sixteen. Especially if you'd like to get into some Twitter beefs with uh, with Michael, uh, <laughs> definitely <laughs> yeah, give him a right. follow at Cerrone sixteen. <laughs> I know uh, Mike's been talking about some of his beefs over the past few weeks and things, and it is pretty outrageous uh, when you think about it. Just. Uh, how many stupid people there are on Twitter? Because anybody can get a Twitter. Obviously, it's a very simple process. It is amazing. You sometimes forget how many stupid people are there are in the world, Mike. And then you go on Twitter and then you read some tweets and replies and things like that. And you go, okay, now I know. Like, hey, I may be dumb sometimes, but there are people out there that are ten times dumber than me, a hundred percent. When you read the, read some of the replies, especially in the sports world. Right, and that's the thing is, and I, and I specifically said it last week, I actually had a TikTok on there, follow us on TikTok, uh, yeah. at DC, yeah, true. Uh, DC Crossover Podcast, and uh, the funny thing was I had a, uh, a, uh, a video that was in my drafts that I didn't get to post, um, because at that point, it just became too late and it was kind of irrelevant, but the funny thing about it is that people just, they're very ill-informed. And they're the type of people, and, I, and one of my friends is a very big proponent of this. They're very ill-informed to the point where they they read someone, or they or they or they see like Stephen A. Smith or someone right. on a TV. Headline reader. That's right. what they are. 
Yeah, or a hot take creator, right. and they're like, oh, man, you know, this this guy. And so my friend, like, for instance, he says, like, he sends me, like, a Stephen A. Smith thing about the commanders, and then all of a sudden he's like, well, doesn't he get paid so much money? I was like, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> like, it means yeah. absolutely zero. Okay, <laughs> ESPN pays Stephen A. Smith because he's a personality, and he's a basketball guy. I don't even know, like, it's, it's not like he's sitting there and he's, you know, I don't even know Trenton Dilfer, who's been covering you know the football for fifteen years. Right. It's just it's it's crazy to me. So I just think that people uh, that are very ill informed on Twitter just just can't help themselves. I mean, especially when they start sitting there and just yelling at you. I mean, yeah. caps caps and and gifs and all these different things. And it's called gifs, not gifs. Yeah. Right. Um, right, right. But <laughs> it, it, it's 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 just it just makes me laugh because honestly, like I said. I told you guys about this last week, and obviously you were out, mm-hmm. so you know you were kind of hearing this uh, in a third party scenario. But that was the first time I fell for it, going for it, and yeah. literally probably that's two years. Oh, I yeah. stayed away, and then all of a sudden I couldn't help myself. <laughs> it was I, I uh, when you told me like, "Hey, man, I'm getting into a beef," or, or or I saw it the next day <laughs> or whatever. I was going back and I was looking at it back and forth, and like, look, like we all have. Having a bad sports take is, and you, when you love sports, like it happens. You and I, you and I have both probably had bad takes over the years. Every now and then, and yeah, maybe you're wrong, and then you're proven wrong later on, or things like that. Uh, or sometimes you're proven right, and so like, I would never fault somebody. Necess- not not necessarily. It depends on the take, but for the most part, oh, I'm yeah. not going to necessarily fault somebody too bad for having a bad take. It's more of like how how much defense they put up about that take oh, yeah. uh, with no other real knowledge or facts or things like that or um when they start picking your they're trying to pick you apart because you you think something different from them like it's it's kind of it's kind of wild and and I know we'll get into the Heineke stuff a little bit later in the show um but it is wild to see right now in DC sports fandom the divide of we call them the Heineke haters and then, you know, the Heineke lovers uh, because there is there is a divide right now. Uh, and, and Mike and I, you may understand where we fall on, on which side we fall on because we've talked yes. about it before. But, man, there is it, it gets a little hostile on uh, on the tweet machine for sure about I, this subject. I, I mean, honestly, I think that it comes down to Taylor Heineke. It comes down to the people that are infatuated with him right and then and then the people like us who are more realistic personalities yeah, we obviously on, don't on, on hate taylor heineke like you know yeah. like we don't we're, we're kidding when we say heineke haters like we don't hate the guy we we're happy that the team is winning we're happy yeah. that you know that obviously it's just exactly what you're saying where the level of greatness they're placing taylor heineke in the the realm the saying he's as good as mahomes or some of these other guys it's like it's like no, Heineke's just—he's not at that level, and the success that he's having—and and again, we'll get into this more—but the success that he's having, they're having the success despite Taylor Heineke, basically. <laughs> like right. he's doing just enough to not screw it up, you know. Well, well, well. Now you're seeing a lot of different uh, blue checkmark people out there that are more well informed and more uh, well in tune with stats and yeah. the team and the NFL and in general, tweeting out things that are saying like. Well, you know, if we're going to compare, like, and that's the thing too, is people were grilling me on Twitter, like, because their comeback would be against Wentz. And I'm like, 
I haven't even said Wentz once. Like, I'm right. not even talking about Carson Wentz. Like, and I even said it last week in the episode, or maybe two weeks ago, I forgot, they're all blending together now, that it's funny to me how he gets so much crap and so much shrapnel thrown his way. The guy's on the sidelines. He's not even playing. He's not even on a press conference. And everyone's, like, like grilling, oh, Wentz sucks. And I'm like, Wentz is not even playing. Yeah. Like, well, you, you, you're yeah. literally just saying that to back Taylor Heineke. And when he was which, playing, it's not he even was a good the ass kicked out of him because the offensive line was letting yeah. guys just run through and breaking the guy's fingers and his hands and everything. I mean, like, yeah, poor guy. Yeah. No, but on, but on, but on, on, on Twitter, though, it, the problem is on Twitter is that even when you disprove someone, they keep saying that same stat just to make themselves believe it. Yeah. Because that's the thing is I literally – like one person said, what's his record? Yeah. And at the time, I said 10-9 and nine as the commander's starter. Right. And he was like, no, this year. You have to talk about this year. I'm like, why do I have to talk about this year? It's like – I mean, it is for instance, is Trevor Lawrence not going to have this year and, and last year's like blemishes on his career record? I mean, if, if Trevor Lawrence becomes a bust, okay, which I personally don't think he's going to be at this time. I mean, they're still rebuilding in Jacksonville. But do you think Taylor or Trevor Lawrence? I keep saying Taylor now. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a bust because, or not be a bust because, oh, he had two bad seasons, or it just makes no sense. Like they, also the wins they and losses don't make sense when we're judging a quarterback because, yeah, yeah Justin Herbert doesn't necessarily have all the wins, and we know he's a good quarterback. I mean, some of these other guys in the league too. It's where it's like, hey, maybe the the wins aren't really there, but we know, hey, it's not because of the quarterback's performance. Like you right, can look at right. some Lions losses this year and be like, yeah, Jared Goff was a big part of that you know as far as some of those losses but still end of it you can't give taylor heineke all those wins per se and be like we won because of him like because the guy's throwing under 200 yards he's getting maybe one touchdown pass he's throwing almost picks left and right it's like the, right. the team is winning because of some of these other guys on the team it's not necessarily because of taylor heineke you could put oh, you yeah. or i out there and they'd probably scrape together a couple of those wins yeah i mean yeah and, and that, well, that's the thing though is that you look at when people, and especially on Twitter, and, and again, this is like more of like a just a venting about Twitter situation right. because, especially this week, by the way, this week, I was trying to scroll through a little bit, didn't see a lot of, oh, the Heineke Hive out, like, you know, going nuts because yeah. he didn't really do anything. Right. And I saw this one, this one guy uh, today, he said, uh, believe it or not, Taylor Heineke is a proven starter in this league. Here are some highlights of his of his season so far. And he, they they showed a pass from yesterday's game that like he was backpedaling and he just like tossed it to Logan Thomas and Logan Thomas made a nice catch and like ran. And like I was like, what was so special yeah, about that? Yeah. Like it's like how is that a highlight? Like I want to see a highlight. The problem is they don't have highlights of him. You know, you know, throw, throwing nukes from seventy yards away because the guy can't throw more than fifty yards max. Yeah, because I we've can, already proven yeah. that. I mean, when we were in the the Vikings game, literally max, he threw it uh, forty nine yards to Curtis Samuel because he crow hopped. And we all know, especially playing baseball and stuff like that, when you crow hop, that's when you're trying to throw the hell out of the ball yeah, from the warning track, like Bo Jackson. <laughs> like you got nothing arm. left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got Dude nothing arm. left. 
Yeah. It's like it's, it just makes me laugh, man, because they, they they literally revert back to the same stat. And when you say, you know, well, he's this as a starter, they're like, well, you know, we, we, we don't care about stats. We care about just just overall the leaders. Like it's yeah. like I hate when people say the oh the intangibles. Like okay. Everyone has intangibles because they're the NFL. Let's be honest. Also, here. leadership. We're not in the locker room. We don't know what these guys actually think of Taylor Heineke and if they actually think he's a leader. If they say it to the media, of course they're going to say it to the media. They're not going to go dog a guy on their own team. So we yeah. don't really know, oh, uh, if that Taylor Heineke's presence there in the locker room is, is also a difference maker versus Carson Wentz being in the locker room. It's like we don't know these things, so we can't claim these things. Uh, right. So that's what, that another, that's another thing that pisses me off for Look, I get it. The story is cool. It's a guy who really never you never thought would have this sort of shot, and he is in the games that he happens to be playing in. The team happens to be getting some wins. It's a nice story. I don't necessarily. I think it's a lot more correlation than it is causation. You learn that in statistics right. one hundred and one. So I, I, I think what I love. I would love to see the winning continue. I would love. You know, uh, nothing more. And I told you this over text, and then we'll move on. We talked about this. My, uh, this has been weeks building up, but we've been talking about this. And I said, you know, if, if Taylor Heineke leads this team in the playoffs, they get a win or something like that in the playoffs, then I'll start to be like, all right, maybe this kid's legit. Maybe he's the guy for the future. Until that point, we're, we're, what exactly is this doing for us? You know, like right. well, uh, wins are wins. I'm happy to get a win. Guess what? The win yesterday was against – a one-win Texans team. Are we really going to necessarily... Had five yards in the first half. Yeah, are we really going to celebrate that as much as people are going to say? The win against Philly, sure. That's a big one. That's a great one to have on your resume, for sure. But still, let's look at all of this as a whole, all these games as a whole. Let's look at the actual individual performances and then make an, a, a smart evaluation, not just root for the story. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of that uh, a little bit later. But let, let's hit up the rewind, rewind machine because I did want to uh, – let's see if the rewind machine would work. Clearly, the, the, uh, the iPad that uh, I play the rewind music on uh, has not been really in use for the last – Three weeks. Got some dust on that thing. Yeah, I had to charge it up, and now it's frozen. So whatever. I won't play the music, but I'll get into the rewind regardless, and hopefully we can get <laughs> it to work at some point. Uh, the we'll start with the Washington Capitals. The Caps seven ten and three now. Not a good week for the Caps to say the least. Uh, losing to Florida five two. Uh, that kind of finished out this Florida trip as they uh, were outscored ten goals to three goals in this recent trip to the state of Florida. Uh, you did have, there's the music, you did have uh, Strom Carlson both score for the Caps, and they lose 5-2 to Florida. Uh, following up that game, losing to the Blues, 5-4 in a shootout. Uh, Caps were down 3 nothing in this one. I think they gave up all three goals in the first period, uh, so it was kind of a nice comeback, but still losing. Uh, you do get the point, obviously, you're happy about that, but uh, losing in the shootout, not great. You had Carlson with a couple goals, Ovi with a goal and a couple assists, and Connor Sheary also scored. Caps lose their eighth and their ten and ten games, and then, oh boy, losing to Colorado four nothing, <laughs> getting shut out. Um, Kemper allows four goals on twenty nine shots. This was kind of the Kemper Colorado revenge game, if you will, and it did not go well. Uh, nine uh, nine losses in the last eleven games, fourth loss in a row terrible week for your Washington Capitals. Uh, on the other side of things, on the court, you have the Washington Wizards, and I'll let you get into this, Mike. The Wiz Kids 
pretty solid week, two and one week for the Wiz Kids. No doubt about it. After starting three and zero or three and one or whatever it is, and they had the little losing streak, they have right. turned it on as of late. Lost won OKC six of seven or something like that. Right I now, it, I think it is something like that. It's yeah. it's somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, at the beginning of the week, they lost to OKC one twenty one to one twenty. SGA scores forty two points, including the three with one point one seconds left. Uh, which we're not even going to get into whatever the hell that inbounds play was right. uh, because that was just embarrassing. Didn't even get a touch on the ball, to be honest with you. Uh, and uh, I think it was it Lugens Dort uh, yeah. who like hit in the back, and I'm like, okay, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like It was the dumbest thing ever. KP still with 27 points. Beal finished with 25 in his first game back after missing five games. Uh, Kyle Kuzma with 18 points, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists. Of course, I didn't bet on him that game, which was, of course, that was great for me. Uh, then they beat Miami. They came back 107-106 in overtime. Beal with 27 points. KP with 20 and 17. That's huge for him. Yeah, Kuz, uh, Kuzma hit a 3-4 to four, so overtime, which he's he's been off and on with his three games. Yeah. I mean, last last night he was really great, but then the night before he was like, like 2 of you know, 10. So it's pretty crazy uh, that the nights he has. So it's pretty much an off and on roller coaster for Kuzma from beyond the arc. Miami had just seven healthy players, no Butler, Hero, or Bam. So it's good that we got the win because you definitely needed the win against that team with those three stars out of the game. And they followed it up, beating the Charlotte Hornets 106-102. Kyle Kuzma once again with 28-10-5. Great night for him. Beal scores 26. So Beal's averaging around 25 or so since he came back. Um, took a knee to the thigh late, so that might be like a bone bruise or something of that nature. But the Wiz have won 6-7. of seven. The Wiz scored only 18 points in the third quarter, which, of course, if you went with the over, that didn't hit. No, it did not. <laughs> But yeah, the Wiz kids have been well, uh, have been playing well, especially lately. You did have you mentioned Kyle Kuzma right now on the season shooting about thirty-two uh, percent from uh, beyond the arc, which is um, somewhere in the middle as far as his career numbers. He averages as a career he shoots about thirty-four percent, so he's you know close to that mark. But he is shooting more threes per game oh, yeah. than he ever has. He's shooting close to seven threes a game uh, and knocking down. You know, two two and a half, right around two two of them, and uh, yeah. So Kyle Kuzma definitely the volume of three pointers has gone up a lot this season, um, but he's still shooting decently. I mean, anything over thirty percent from beyond the arc, you're going to be happy with, and he's doing that. So I, I think uh, the Wizards will definitely take that because um, yeah, Kuzma's been big. I mean, mm-hmm. Kuzma was one of those guys that I, f- I feel like still flies under the radar in the NBA right now. Like I don't think. I don't hear that many guys talking about Kyle Kuzma and what he's doing for the Wizards this season. Uh, As far as his numbers go uh, on the year, averaging 19 points a game, averaging eight rebounds. So he's, I mean, he's pretty close to a a double-double average, getting about half a block game, 3.4 assists. I mean, Kyle Kuzma is playing some really good basketball. He's averaging his highest points average in his career. Uh, so yeah, I feel like Coos doesn't really get the love as much. I think, I mean, all eyes tend to be on Beal when, when we're talking about the Wiz from the outside view. And then obviously Porzingis has been playing great too, but I feel like Kyle, Kyle Kuzma kind of flies under the radar. Well, he also was very durable. That's a big thing. And with this team, when you're looking at the, the, the three stars they have with, if you're including Kuzma in that, which I would, yeah, uh, definitely. you know, KP knock on wood, you know, maybe I have, I have a lot of fake stuff around here. Uh, and uh, the, the biggest thing is when you're looking at KP, in his past, he's been 
not durable whatsoever because of the sole fact that he is a tall dude and he and he's running the floor left and right and he's playing inside, playing outside. He's very he's a very versatile big man, but the problem is, is when you have a versatile big man, you get hurt a lot. Yeah. And then Bradley Beal has been showing over the last two seasons that he's not that durable right now um, and not uh, staying on the floor as much. Obviously, he missed a handful of games uh, recently. So you're looking at Kyle Kuzma, and I, I just see him being that uh, NBA prototypical body type that really doesn't get banged up that much because you see, like I said, what I said about Porzingis and then what I said about Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is kind of lanky too. But you're looking at Kyle Kuzma. He's like six seven, you know, maybe two fifteen. I don't know. We'll have to look that up uh, to be exact. But at the same time, he's the type of guy that's going out there and being very durable for this team. Because when you see certain games that Bradley Beal's not there, he goes out there and he hits close to a, a triple double and, and lifts up and elevates his game. And then you also see when KP does the exact same thing when Bradley Beal's out, they lift up their game. But I think Kyle Kuzma, as you mentioned is one of those pieces that, like you said, isn't really getting a lot of love because he's overshadowed by guys on his team. And that's the problem is he was overshadowed by LeBron in L.A. for so long. But now he's supposedly out, outshadowed by Bradley Beal. But you saw in those handful of games that Brad was out, he was on fire. I mean, right. I can't tell you how many times you look at the box score and see him have 26, 9, and, and 6 or something like that, and you're like, Hell yeah, that's what we want to see. And that's what he has had and brought to the NBA ever since he came in. Because, like I said, he was overshadowed by LeBron in L.A. And LeBron didn't really want him there. And they kind of gave up on him. And we basically got him for, like, peanuts. Which is, like, kind of weird to say. Because that's one of the best moves Tommy Shepard could have ever done. Is bring this guy in here. He's, like, 24, 25 years old or something like that. Doing work. Uh, so I think that he's the type of guy that we need to build on for the future and have as a really big piece in this organization. And obviously we went into last week of possibly trading Bradley Beal and all that kind of stuff from all the stats that I read last week's episode. Uh, but overall, I think Kyle Kuzma definitely needs all the credit he deserves. Yeah, let's, let's stick with some Wizards talk here. Washington Wizards. Because we're getting into it, and, and I think, um, you know, I, I think it's an interesting topic because in my mind – um, and when you look at one of the interesting things that I like to look at is the five man combinations on, on basketball reference, where you see uh, when when certain combi- uh, certain groups are on the floor, you know, what what's the uh, points plus minus basically when they're on the floor. Like, for example, uh, when the lineup of <laughs> Will Barton, Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma, Kristaps Porzingis, and DeLon Wright are on the floor. The team is minus 40 in points. Um, so, you know, that's clearly a combination of, of five guys you don't necessarily want on the floor at the same time. Uh, the most common combination, though, is Denny, Bradley, Kyle Kuzma, Montemoris, and Porzingis. And that, Which that's has played, been the starting lineup recently. Right, and that's played the most minutes together as a group, and they're plus 19 and a half in the point side of things. So I, I uh, versus the opponent's points. So it's basically they're outscoring their opponents by almost 20 points. That is uh, a great stat to look at because I think it shows that you really need all three of those guys in Porzingis, Kuzman, Beal on the floor, uh, you know, you ideally at the same time uh, to really for them really to shine. Because if you only have one guy, like, for example, you mentioned Kyle Kuzma playing really well uh, when Beal was out. The lineup with Corey Kispert in there 
when Beal was out, uh, the plus 21 points uh, again, right, over right. opponents, and that was with KP and Kuzma. So I, I think it's one of these things where having just Kuzma in there or just Porzingis in there, when you look at the stats, they're not. it's not great. But if you have at least two of those guys on the floor, which obviously this makes sense. These are their best players. But my point is, you know, Kyle Kuzma has worked really, has fit really, really nicely because he's had a supporting piece with him. If Kristaps Porzingis wasn't here and Bradley Beal was hurt, was hurt, I don't. We're not getting the same production uh, from right. Kuz because Kuzma, when KP's on the floor, it, it's so perfect because Kuzma, while he has shot a bunch of threes this year, he also works really nicely driving to the hoop. You know, and 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 uh, Porzingis is more of a guy who he'll kind of float on the outside and hit long threes and stuff like that. So I think they they complement each other so nicely. Something we haven't really seen. Uh, for the Wizards in a while, where you have multiple pieces. Since the days of John Wall and Bradley Beal backcourt complementing each other so nicely because Beal was the shooter, Wall was the driver. Right now, this group, especially when Denny's playing well and Rui's playing well off the bench, got Corey Kispert, who since he's come back, he's played really well. I mean, this is kind of an exciting time because when you look on the NBA, uh, as far as, you know, the standings and things like that, Mike, the East is kind of, uh, and I know it's early, but the East is kind of up for grabs. I mean, besides uh, Boston and Milwaukee, uh, to you know, they're going to be your one-two basically for the most part. Uh, the Wizards are right there in the mix with Atlanta, with Cleveland, with Indiana, Toronto. Philly's been bad. I feel like, and I don't want to call it right now, Mike, but I feel <laughs> like the Wizards are a top-five team in the East. Right, and and when you're looking at the standings, obviously, like you said, you got your blue bloods when it comes to as of recent years with Milwaukee and Boston. Atlanta's going to be there, obviously, uh, with Trey Young and company. And Cleveland's been shooting up the rankings lately uh, with all their moves and draft picks and so on and so forth. But you're looking at some of the teams that people you know know are probably not going to be there later on the season. Indiana right. probably not going to be there. Right, I mean, they, right. they, a lot they of traded young guys. Their, yeah. They traded their best, arguably their best player in Sabonis last year, uh, and you know they obviously were not projected. I mean, they're I think they're worst or second or third worst uh, in the East in opponents' points per game, uh, letting about 115. But then you're looking at Toronto. I always think they're kind of a fraud because you know when Kawhi was on the team, they were good, whatever. Uh, Philly, who the hell knows what's going to yeah. happen in that in, in that team. Brooklyn, they might not even make the playoffs because of their disaster right. that they got going on. Uh, New York, I thought New York was going to be a lot better this year, uh, but they could just have a slow start. Who knows? But then you got some other teams that are that are lower. Obviously, Miami with all their injuries. Chicago yeah. has a lot of good pieces. So you're looking at it and saying the East has the two top dogs, but you know they have other teams that are that that can be thrown in the mix there. Where if we keep this pace and if we keep, uh, I guess you could say. Uh, winning as a team rather than winning as, oh, my one star goes for 50 because look at Steph Curry. He's he's probably scored, what, over 45 like three times in the last five games and they've lost like four of the five? Yeah, it's it's nuts because yeah. you're looking at this team and you look at like the roster like you just mentioned. There's a lot of different pieces on this Wizards team that can be thrown in the mix and just gel. And that's the thing is that's what you want to see because we haven't seen these types of teams in the past because I've said it and clamored for it for years. I wanted them to, to, to get a big man. I wanted them to get a center or or a, a big, huge power forward type from the draft or get him in free agency. 
And not saying that KP is that big guy that I want. Like I wanted like a Daniel Gafford in a KP body. That's what right, I really want. Right, right. But you're looking at it and saying, this is kind of a team that we haven't seen in the past because they actually gel as a team and they all have their own roles. They don't sit there and say, all right, Brad, go ISO and we'll all hang out on the sidelines. Right. You know, they're all moving. They're all gelling. They're all mixing. Rui, this is a perfect spot for him. We drafted him a little bit later in the draft. And same with Kispert. They both, I mean, coming out of the same school too, Gonzaga, they literally are from an organization, or should I say not an organization, from a, a program in Gonzaga that is team-based. Yeah. And this is exactly what they want. Right now, they got drafted like kind of mid-round, and all of a sudden they come in, and they come in you know, in different spurs. Sometimes they start, sometimes they don't. Not for Rui. Rui is off the bench, six-man type guy. But you're looking at him, he's having the best year of his career so far. He is. Because yeah. he comes in, and he, and he gives you those seven, eight, nine points or whatever in like the third quarter when everyone needs a, needs a breather. And then all of a sudden, you're, you're seeing everyone come back in refreshed for a fourth quarter run. And that's what I'm loving about this team is that everyone is filling in their role. Brad isn't going out there trying to score 28, 29 points a game like Gilbert Arenas did back in the day because he had to. You're looking at this team and making sure that everyone eats. And we talked about it with Bradley Beal being out. Yes, okay? Bradley Beal being out, everyone was eating more. <laughs> but now you're looking at it and saying Bradley Beal still – you know, he's going out there, and you look at some of the betting numbers. I mean, for him to score over 20 points, it's it's not like it's a it's an easy bucket. I mean, they're they're especially predicting like on DraftKings, our sponsor, and everything like that. That for him to get over 20 points, it's like a minus 110. It's it's not like it's a minus 350 for like a Sabonis double double or something. Right, like right. That. So, so what I'm just saying is I just think that it's kind of funny because this team is gelling so much to the point where it's fun to watch them and it's fun to see how they're playing. Now, if they get in a skid, how are they going to get out of that? You know, is is Brad going to sit there and say, "Oh, well, I have to take over the team," which is going to you know make make sure everybody else kind of you know is in the background, or they're just going to try to group regroup together and say, "All right." Lost a couple in a row, lost three in a row, whatever. We know what the problem is. Let's get in there and fix it. And that's why I think Wes Unsell Jr. is a great hire for them because he is defense-focused, and I think that's why everyone's starting to buy in because you're looking at the defensive numbers over the last two, three years. You know, since he's been here, they've gone down drastically. Yeah, I think the it just seems like all these pieces really complement each other, and that's something that – We've been kind of waiting for the right group of guys together, and and I think we finally we finally have that. And you know, defensive uh, ratings wise, uh, the Wizards currently rank sixth in the league in, in defensive rating, and and that's that's obviously some of these stats aren't the the be all end all, but at the same time, right. like that that's pretty dang good. You'd love to see that. Um, and and then meanwhile, on the offensive side of things, you know, the Wizards are. Oof, how far down are we talking here in points <laughs> per game? I didn't realize they were this bad. Uh, 29th, 29th <laughs> in the league in, uh, in, in uh, average points. So, you know, they're getting it done defensively is what it shows you. It's like their guys, their three studs are doing what they need to do, uh, and then their defense is kind of handling the rest, and that's why you see a team here now with – uh, a really nice start. So obviously it's early. I, I think you know we'll know more as as the weeks go on. But I think you gotta love a seven and three in the last ten games. Uh, ten wins now. 
right there in the mix in the East and, and a lot to love there. I know while one of the things you did while I was out was that uh, TikTok poll. Uh, but again, that reminds you to check out our TikTok uh, DC crossover podcast uh, on, on TikTok because you, you had, we had talked a little bit about uh, off, off air about possibility of trading Bradley Beal at one point. Yep. Yep. And uh, I obviously put that poll out at DC crossover podcast. And we had it's kind of an overwhelming favorite. Now, I would love for you to guess, because you don't know what it is. I'd love for you to guess what the overwhelming favorite is. In either, yes, we trade Bradley Beal and find a way, or we don't. That's now, granted, think about this. This is granted, though. This is before. This is about midweek last week right. when this poll was, was sent out. Yeah, because when, when the discussion was happening, it was when the Wizards were winning a lot without Bradley Beal. In the, yeah. uh, because he was out hurt and the, the team was continuing to win. Um, I I think, though, I think the logic will go the other way, and I think f- the people will be more in favor of keeping Bradley Beal. So I'm going to say the advantage is on the don't trade Bradley. It's actually on the other side. Really? So there was over – I mean, I should say – I, I, I should have done the percentage. There was over 70% wow. that said yes, trade Bradley Beal. Interesting. And a very, very minute – amount of people uh, that said no and, because and, that's interesting go ahead no i was just gonna say like yeah and you and i've talked about it and and we still i mean i'm still not ruling it out now obviously you know when you dive into the the nitty-gritty it's like well he has a uh, you know trade no trade clause he can uh, uh use there he also can't even be traded till december he also you know there, there's a lot of different factors in that but right right um but it is something that we've discussed in the past because we've wondered hey it, it, could you put a possibly that the value you're getting for Bradley Beal, could you possibly trade him, get some picks or, or other younger assets, and still just bring in another shooter somewhere else, and and still as long as and just ride with KP and Kuz? That that's kind of been the question we've been asking. Right, right, and that's the biggest thing is when I was looking at it, I was kind of so shocked that there was a lot of people that were saying, yeah, 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 get rid of him, get rid of him. And I think, honestly, I did, in the video, I did read like four or five stats that are pretty intriguing uh, in the sense of when Bradley Beal was on the feet or on the, on the court, they are over nine points more letting in on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm not saying Bradley Beal is a horrible defender, but at the same eh, time, you know, <laughs> he's not great. But then you're also looking at the sole fact that the record, they're like 500 without him and less than 500 with him, which is crazy to see. Um, and and just going back and touching really quick base on on the defensive stats that, that you were talking about, you know, their defensive and offensive differential. Now, I didn't know that their offense was was this. I wouldn't say putrid or anything like that, but obviously, when you also did didn't have Brad for you know he's your main sure. top scorer. That's also a big deal. Sure. But you're looking at it and saying the the, the differential between points per game and opponents points per game is less than a point and you know you're looking at the Clippers the Clippers have the second least opponents points per game and they're still in the negative I mean and and, but they're you know less than one so I just think that when you're keeping the game low that's what the the ebbs and flows of the game is going to be it's going to be a tight game it's going to be close and that's what this team is built on right now this team is not built to go out there i mean yeah kuzma is is a great piece but he's out there scoring 19 and 7 or something like that and then kp he's having a great year but you know when he was having those unbelievable games recently 
Bradley Beal wasn't there. So you didn't have that extra scoring piece. And a lot of these guys they brought in, like a Monte Morris, Will Barton, these guys are also defensive pieces. And we also talked about Corey Kispert and Rui not being high flyers for offense, but a lot of good defense when it comes to them. Same with Denny. So you're looking at them. I think that this team has kind of turned the page on being this, oh, we need to score 120 and the over-under is going to be 267 you know, type of team. Uh, and I think right now they're kind of getting back into what Wes Unsell Jr. wants, and we just need to figure out uh, that's that, that, that scoring edge uh, per, per se right. uh, to make sure that we go. Because now, obviously, in the NBA, as you know and I know, that typically to be one of those elite teams, you got to score 115 or higher every single game. Yeah, you usually uh, so you think. the teams that traditionally make it, you know, NBA champions and things like that, you're usually a top 10 team of defense and a top 10 team in offense. I mean, that's right. That's right. really what it comes down to. Those Warriors teams, obviously the Bucks are one of the best defensive teams in the league. Uh, you know, Miami, when they were making uh, uh, runs at the finals recently, I mean, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Uh, so yeah, you, you need to be, and, and so the Wizards clearly have had the defensive part. The offense is where they've been slacking a bit and they need to turn that on. Cause yeah, for example, I bring up Miami, Miami had seven healthy players, uh, dressed out for that game. The Wizards should not have to take, go to overtime <laughs> to, right, uh, right, right. to, to beat Miami, uh, when they don't have Tyler Hero or Bam Adebayo or Jimmy Butler. I mean, all their best players were out that game. We were, we were, we were literally playing against guys that, are probably G League at best some of the guys that were on the court in that game, and the Wizards had to go to overtime against them. And then the Hornets are not a good team either. This was like a three, four win team. Also, the Wizards barely scraped out a win. So, yeah, you'd like some of these wins to be a little bit bigger margins because I think of all the games uh, this week, yeah, you had a one point game to OKC, one point game to Miami, four point game to the Hornets. Yeah, you'd like to see a little more blowouts in the mix too, but. We'll see. Yeah, and, and, and the last thing I'll yeah. say about that is, again, you're looking at the stats that have compiled over the first 17 games, and you're looking at the points per game. Bradley Beal, 22.7. KP, 20.4. Kyle Kuzma, 19.1. And then Rui is a huge drop-off. Yeah. The biggest thing about that is when you see KP or Bradley Beal or something like that, and they both go out there and they say they combine for 50 points. Yeah, those points. three are getting the 50, 60 points, something like that right. combined. Where are you getting yeah. the other 40, you know? Exactly. And, and, that's, and that's the biggest thing is even sometimes, you know, you see Kyle Kuzma go out there. I mean, two nights ago. Chris Tapsporzingis went out there and was like 4 of 17 at one point. Yeah. So when you're looking at some of these nights, they're not going to be scoring those points every single night, and you're not going to have that consistent basis. The problem is that when you see uh, teams that have these superstars, on, like a Kevin Durant, you can bank on, like a Steph Curry, you can bank on that guy going out there and making 40 points a game, sometimes maybe just you know on average 30 to 40 if they need to. The problem is this team is more based of a team like – Ever like like I said before, a whole role base. Okay, let's go get the rebounds. Let's slow it up and let's figure it out and stuff like that. Because they're they're backups that are coming in off the bench. I mean, Daniel Gafford, I love that guy, but he's only scoring five points a game. Yeah. He might grab seventeen rebounds when he's out there. Yeah, that's his but role. He's only yeah. scoring. Exactly. That's his role. So you're not going to see a bunch of scoring out there, and that's why these games are a little bit lower scoring when it comes to the offensive output, but the defensive output is what I like to see because I like seeing these tight games where they go out there and they actually have a really good nit-grit win. Like the OKC, yeah, it was higher scoring. SGA went off for OKC, but you saw – not really anybody else for Josh Giddy didn't do too oh, much. Oh yeah, no, okay. Once you get past uh, 
Shea Gildas Alexander, there's nobody on that team. <laughs> yeah, so it's so it's like that's not exciting to us, you know. It's yeah. like when when Russ was here, it wasn't that exciting because yeah, okay, we were we were doing well, this and that, blah blah blah. But it was more of okay, Russ gonna get out a triple double and get a record or whatever. But then everyone else sucks, and then we're we're gonna lose seven in a row. Yeah. So it's just it's just one of those team based things where you gotta love the game of basketball to enjoy this type of basketball. I agree, I agree, and I think a big question is. What will, if the Wizards continue to be in the mix and they're in that top five, six teams in the East, what will Tommy Shepard do at the deadline? What sort of rental uh, you know, or other sort of piece do you bring in here to help the team out? Jay Crowder or, you know, there's a few different guys that are on expiring contracts that, uh, hey, maybe you bring them in and make a run in the playoffs. We'll see. Uh, let's move over to football. I know we already talked a little bit about uh, the commanders, but we got to touch on it a little bit more on the game itself. Uh, we don't have to dive into the details uh, because this was kind of a, a stupid game. I mean, 23-10, you're playing the, the worst team in the league, the Texans. Um, you did have a couple nice moments. Obviously, you love Kendall Fuller getting a pick six. Um, that's right, big. Right, yeah. uh, defense in general was was solid. I mean, John Allen, a couple sacks. Sweat, a couple sacks. you got to love that. And, of course, the news of Chase Young uh, should be suiting up for next week, uh, next game uh, against uh, Atlanta. That's that's good news. I mean, we, we feel like it's been forever since we <laughs> – I mean, Chase Young had last played here. It's like I, I barely even remember the guy. Uh, <laughs> you had Logan Thomas – uh, real in five catches. That was kind of nice. Um, scary Terry four. I mean, the, offensively, this wasn't a tremendous game. Yeah, you put across twenty three points, but I mean, you had the pick six there in the mix too. So it's not like this team was really explosive. I, I feel like the uh, nitpicky in me would is is saying you're playing against Houston. Where's the offense? I mean, maybe why why did this team not put up forty or something like that? You know, um, but they did enough to get a win, I guess, and I guess we're happy with that, Mike, because Taylor Heineke was out there. Oh yeah, that's that that's the reason they won. I mean, that's the funny thing is I still remember that uh, Dan in our group message said apparently Twitter is saying that Taylor Heineke got the pick six, right, um, right. and that's. The <laughs> That's just the, the the thing about this whole entire win is I've been saying it now for a few years. I want to have that blowout win. I want to have the Eagles versus Redskins on Monday Night Football where Mike Vick goes out there and Deshaun Jackson is showing up LaRon Landry and all that kind of stuff, and they run up the score on you. I want to have one of those type of wins. And this is the day, Yes, or yesterday was the day to do it. And we still couldn't do that. I mean, we literally scored one time. Now, we were, don't get me wrong. We had some long drives, okay? We had, you know, the, the, the first field goal was 10 plays. The second field goal was 11 plays. The third field goal was 10 plays. Uh, even though we had 10 plays and 20 yards, that's nuts. Um, but you're looking at it and saying, where are the drives that we can actually just put away? I mean, because right there, say you, you get two touchdowns right there, you're up 28 nothing at halftime. And, right. and you're blowing them out, and then you can just cruise to victory, maybe get one more touchdown or something like that, and then win 35-10 or something like that. That's what we want to see. We don't want to see 20-yard field goals. And that's, I was kind of shocked by Ron Rivera not saying, all right, let's just, let's just put the pedal to the metal and go for this fourth and goal right. from the four yeah. or something. It's against like, Houston. Houston. <laughs> yeah, against against a team that that barely beat or barely tied the Colts and 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 sucked the rest of the season. Yeah. Davis, I mean, they had five yards. I mean, think about that. Literally, we had five minutes left in the second quarter. The Texans at that point, they might have had negative yards. I don't <laughs> even know how many they had at that point. And we're sitting there saying, 
oh, let's take the points. Like, take the points? What are you talking about? If you're so confident in your quarterback and you're so confident that we can win this game, go out there and – I mean, we're already at 14 nothing. You think the, te- the Texans didn't even score 14 points the entire game. Right, right. And you're, and you're, I mean, they're averaging right now 16 points. And we scored I – mean, it, it just makes no sense because the defense was kicking their ass up and down the field. Davis Mills looked like a, a newborn baby out there trying to figure out what, what, what he was doing with a football in his hands. And you're, and you're looking at Joey Sly going out there and kicking 24-yard field. I'm like – I don't get it. Go for it. Do something creative. I mean, this is where our team starts to become more just blah than anything because when you see other teams like a team that has Cliff Kingsbury or one of these younger coaches, they come up with something fun and and, and, and creative to – yeah. Some of the stuffs are duds. Some of some of the plays are duds that these that these newer coaches, Sean McVay's run. But like, I mean, look at run a Statue of Liberty there. Do something fun. Like, do right. something crazy. I mean, you're literally already up fourteen nothing. You're kicking their ass on defense. I mean, even if even if you're up seventeen nothing, seven seconds left, you still. I mean, you're on the seven yard line. Do something. Like, it just makes no sense how you know. Yes, it sucks that we stalled when we got in the red zone a couple times. But you're looking at it and saying. Do something more. Like, you know, this is your, this is basically a practice game because the Texans are so damn bad. I mean, the, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, no. They're, okay. they're well, I almost, almost died there. Uh, the commanders, I mean, literally, the Texans have Brandon Cooks, who Brandon Cooks is a good receiver, but I don't even know who else is out there for yeah. them. I mean, literally, they drafted, and granted, I'll eat some crow on this. They drafted Kenyon Green, I believe his name is, the left guard at Texas A&M, and he was like one of the, 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 the best offensive linemen in the draft, and he sucked. Yeah. He was so bad. Yeah. And John Allen was, I mean, John Allen was running over him like a Mack truck going against a Volkswagen Beetle. Right, I mean, right. it was embarrassing. So I'm just looking at it and saying, that's one of the nitpicky things that I, I wanted to see is, have some balls. Go for it out there. Do something. Because when you're sitting there and your defense is running them up and down the field and just and just embarrassing them on their home turf where half the fans are sitting there like, why did I pay $27 for this ticket in the nosebleeds and watching this team suck? You're out there saying, oh, let's take the points, guys. Like That's such the old man mentality, and I hate that. I want a new age coach in there. Obviously, if we make the playoffs, he's going to still be here I somehow. Know, and it, this makes no sense. Scott Turner's going to get another pass for sucking ass all the time. I just, I'm, I, it irritates me, man, because now, like I said last week, this has gotten to the point. We're literally, literally, we have to root for him because draft stock is gone. Right, draft right. stock is is in the pasture. But now you have you have, we have to root for him. So yesterday was one of my real in depth like, oh man, I hope we win. Hope we go out there and have a good showing and stuff like that. Because in the weeks past when this team was showing nothing, we were four games behind and all this kind of stuff. I sat there and said. Man, honestly, I don't want to root for a loss, but I really want C.J. Stroud, or I yeah. really want one of the, <laughs> right. one of these quarterbacks out there. It's all so gone I was kind of yeah. So the draft picks are out now. So I mean, we have to really go out there and see what we got. And honestly, everyone's the Heineke Hive is 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 alive and buzzing for his 193 yards. Yeah, they're they're loving it. And, and I guess speaking of playoffs, I mean, let's just kind of look at the the remaining schedule here and and, and give our thoughts on it because yeah, the team as of right now six and five, um, and you've got. You know, you got these six games remaining. So you've got Atlanta next week. You've got you're in New York on the fourth. Then there's the bye, and then you play the Giants again at home on the 18th, and then Christmas Eve game in San Fran. Then you're at home on New Year's Day against Cleveland, and then you're home against Dallas on the eighth to end the season. So 
you know, Atlanta, winnable game. The Giants, course, I mean, you yeah. look what the Lions just did to the Giants the other day. You stop Saquon, you stop the Giants, basically. Yep, That's how it exactly. works this season. And with the way that this defense has been playing, and with Chase Young being back, there's a pretty good shot that you could possibly take both of those Giants games, in theory. Um, you know, and, and Let's just say, at the very least, they take one of them. They take the game at home. Then you go, so then, then you're eight and six, and then you got San Fran. That's going to be tough. Probably a loss. Eight and seven. Cleveland, that's probably a win. Uh, nine and seven. Then you got Dallas. Nine. And, I mean, this team could be nine and eight to end the year and sneak into a wild card spot. I mean, we could be seeing Taylor Heineke in the, losing the playoffs again in the first round. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's the thing that I think is hilarious is because, you know, and, and I said it in the last two episodes is that everyone is still hung up on that Tampa Bay playoff game for Taylor Heineke. And that's why I think they love him so much. Now, you know, people are still saying like, oh, Heineke is a proven starter. And, and even if we make the playoffs, say somehow we squeak a win. Yeah. But it's the exact same type of game as today where the defense just shows up. They 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 drub the offense of the opposing team and they look like they have nowhere uh, you know to go for the for the, for the most part and we somehow win a twenty three seventeen game where the defense wins the game for us I mean what are we gonna do by then because even what I saw today was that Ron Rivera said it's still week to week it's not like his job for the long term which is hilarious to me because. I don't know if he believes in Taylor Heineke or he's trying to create drama or or, 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 or what's going on because, honestly, they, they look at it and it's just like, what, what are we doing here? Like, just give him the job for the rest of the season if that's what you want to do because right. if, if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. Okay, that, that that's, a, that's a moment of weakness right there. He got hurt. You got to move to another quarterback. But you can't sit there and just, like, say, oh, well – Oh, we're gonna we're gonna commit to this guy fully, and then all of a sudden, a week later, because he he didn't do great yesterday, because his stat sheet was as empty as as a, a blank sheet of paper, basically, you go out there and say, oh, well, it's still week to week. Like, are you gonna commit to him or not? Like, right. I mean, when when ESPN throws out something that says, oh yeah, Taylor Heineke wins the starting job, like. What, what, what are we doing here? Like Taylor Heineken <laughs> was a starting job. And everyone's all of a sudden, all the Twitter is blowing up because of his shoe, Jordan shoe thing. It's like, right. I mean, it's just, oh my God, it's all over the place. And I, I think that's going to be hilarious if we get to the playoffs again. Because like you said, going through it, Falcons, probably, maybe a dub. We'll see. I mean, Giants, maybe you split. Niners, they're all over the place. You never know what you're going to get right, from them. You're right, they're not a guaranteed loss. I mean, I know I said probably a loss, but at the same time, I mean, the Niners are – Right there. I mean, they, yeah. they, the Niners currently have the final playoff spot, uh, and they're five and four. Uh, with yep. when Washington's right behind them at six and five. So yeah, no, I, there's some, <sighs> there's some. I mean, God, we do this it's all over the place every man. year. It is. It's it just, is. it's it's just one of those situations where I'm just so confused all the time. Where it's just like, like. I hate being in flux. Like I want to have a great defense and have a comp, a competent quarterback that's going to go out there. You know, like a Jared Goff. If we had Jared Goff, it would be a different team. I think. I think Jared Goff is better than you know, and you know him more than I do because right. he's been on the Lions already. But it's like, I I just want someone that's going to go out there, and I'm not going to try to get into Heineke stuff already because yeah. I'm already kind of I'm, I'm kind of exhausted. I'm, cho- <laughs> I'm choking over here. You know, just 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 you know talking about it. But it's like. I just I just want someone out there that can lead this team because I even said it before that you know you got guys that are under contract John Allen uh, Terry McLaurin I mean these guys are under under contract 
and we're just wasting their contract years still in quarterback flux because you have half the people out there want a guy that's, that's going to go out there and throw for 206 yards and average one point. A one touchdown a game or whatever because they like him as a leader and he has quote unquote intangibles which I mean I, I'm, I'm sorry you go on a, a, NBA, or a, a NFL draft they're not going to sit there and say well this guy doesn't have the stats but he has the intangibles you know they're not going to do that I'm sorry yeah. but it's just like if you can name one other quarterback that's out there in the NFL right now that has the intangibles and has stats that are awful then uh, let, let me know because we can plug and play him too and not have to pay him at all because everyone thinks, Oh, we'll give him a contract. You know, we'll give him a contract for like 5 million. That'll change his life. It's like, okay, with the way you're talking about him is that you think that he should be making 25 million. It's like, right. it just makes no sense. I'm, I'm done. It's exhausting. <laughs> I mean, I still think it's 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 insane the fact that the NFC East may all four teams could make the playoffs this year. That'd be nuts. That, that would be, be insane. Crazy. I mean, right now Eagles, Cowboys, Giants are you know in the first six spots, and then you have the Niners in the seventh spot. So, but the Commanders are right behind them in eight. They're right there on the bubble. Uh, that would be crazy. Uh, yep. Of course, I'm hoping my Detroit Lions pull out a, a playoff spot, which we'll see. They're on the bubble. That'd be, that'd be pretty 10 good right now. Um, but yeah, it, it is. I, I'm with you. I, I think it's it's it, the exhausting part is you look at this team and what they've been able to do with the guy that's in the, at, at the helm of the quarterback, and just imagine if they had a, a stud quarterback for yeah. this team. I mean, you got to think they could be. Uh, you know, in the mix as one of the four best teams in the NFC or something like that. Like, you know, th- this could be a, a really, really good team if they had a, I'm not, again, I, I said Mahomes earlier, but, you know, th- just one of those guys who's like a Joe sim- Burrow. Yeah, exactly. A Burrow. You know, any of those guys that's just synonymous with, hey, this is a stud quarterback. He's our guy rather than the big question mark, because right now it's even a question mark week to week is because Ron Rivera says, you know, well, Taylor's going to be our quarterback for next game, but yeah. it is still a week to week thing i'm not sure yet and it's like so there's never there's so many questions and flip-flopping and it's just exhausting it's it's one of those situations where this defense like think about this defense with joe burrow at the helm like joe burrow could sustain drives and that's the biggest thing that everyone likes is that oh taylor heineke you know he, he moves the football well okay Maybe once in a while he'll he'll roll out of the pocket and get a, a rollout pass or something like that or a scramble or whatever it may be, and it extends drives. I get that. I like that. But that is also coming into a play because his deficiencies, he can't see over top of the line. Yeah. I mean, ha- some of the plays this past week I was like, what are you doing? I mean, he, they, the Texans dropped like two or three picks. I mean, it's like you, you just look at that and say – if those picks against the Packers or against uh, the Texans and so on and so forth, you know the Vikings would have had a pick uh, if that ref didn't didn't plow into the uh, the DB. Uh, but you're looking at it and saying if those picks come to fruition, I mean we're getting lucky right now because if those are picks, oh, yeah. and all of a sudden yeah, we he's score, the luckiest quarterback in the league by far. You oh, cannot yeah. watch his games and not realize. I mean, how many dropped interceptions there's been, the ref play that you talk about running into the guy. I mean, like, he is the luckiest quarterback in the league by far. I mean, I mean, I don't know how much luck you can have. I mean, luck of the Irish over here, but it's like our, – Our worry it, it, is, like, that luck's going to run out at some point, and then all the Heineke lovers are going to realize, oh, this guy's actually not that good, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, He's going to have, like, a four-pick game or something like that. Oh, yeah. He's going to have four picks, one touchdown in garbage time, and they're going to say, like, well, we still love the resiliency. Right. We still love it. It's like, all right, man. It's like, how? I mean, 
It's exhausting. Let's move into the final lap before we get into some money line picks and such. 90 seconds on the clock. Big stories in sports. Here we go. I want to start in college football, Mike, as Tennessee, kind of a surprising loss there, and Hendon Hooker out yeah. for the rest of the year. I mean, just a few weeks ago, Tennessee was, hey, this is the bright, shining star, and now <laughs> yeah. it, that star is completely burned out. Uh, I mean, that star is out into a different atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, that, it was just unbelievable how Tennessee – I looked up at a TV and I saw on the bottom line because the other game was on, oh, Tennessee is down like 50 to, to 30. I was like, well, wait a second. I mean, yeah. didn't Spencer Rattler suck? Is that, isn't that why he got ran out of town in Norman, Oklahoma? Uh, Mike's favorite Taiwanese basketball player made his debut, Dwight Howard. 38 points, 25 rebounds, 9 assists in Taiwan uh, Basketball League. Mike, <laughs> what type of stats do you think you'd be able to put up in the Taiwanese Basketball League? Oh, dude, I'd be averaging double-double. I mean, okay, let's be honest. Okay, I like here. a little 11 I, I, and 10. I, I, I would love to see – I mean, I would honestly love – I mean, honestly, I, I'm not trying to, to, to trash the Taiwanese <laughs> no, 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 here, no, no. but, like – I mean, what's their average height over there? I mean, I understand yeah. that, that that people, you know, go to different countries to play when their career is ending or sure, they're sure. trying to revitalize a career or if they can't even make it in the NBA. But let's be honest here. Dwight Howard is has been as at this point in his oh, career. Yeah. He's, he's a bench player. I mean, he, he's, he's like Wilt Chamberlain over there oh, in like yeah. the he's, 60s or 70s greatest, or whatever the hell Wilt Chamberlain was. One of the greatest they've ever seen, 38 and 25 <laughs> and 9. He couldn't get that tenth assist. He just couldn't get it. You know, he could have easily had the nine assists for Dwight Howard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's something. I was looking at Chinese basketball league because uh, I was curious today because I was curious about like what guys are over there that I recognize their names and such. Oh yeah. Um, we had uh, well, of course, Michael Beasley. He's been over there a while now. He was for Shanghai Sharks. Um, you had what was what, there was a couple other names where I was like, oh man, I remember that guy. Oh yeah, one of the guys from the Warriors. James, not James Wiseman. It was uh, damn. What, I'm already Kevin. It was like Kevin something. I don't know. It was some guy who was like on the Warriors like last season. Is playing over in China. Kevin. It, it, it was it was wild. Uh, and then the last thing, of course, the World Cup. Mike uh, kicked off, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and USA, of course, as we talked about at the top of the show, uh, drew their game against Wales. A game that they probably would have liked getting the full win there. They probably should have won. Really bad foul uh, led to the penalty kick. Gareth Bale punches it in. But one of the things I wanted to bring up here before we move into the money line is one of my biggest pet peeves, and this happens every time around the World Cup, is you'll have the influx of sports fans that never watch a minute of soccer until right, it's World right. Cup time. And look, I get it. You know, the USA is playing. You're rooting as a country like there's you're rooting for USA because they're USA, not because you like USA soccer specifically. I understand that. I'm okay with that for the most part. The annoying part is the people that never watch soccer who come in now to watch soccer and all they complain they all all they do is complain. Oh, this is why soccer will never make it in America. Guys are just flopping all over the place. That guy's <laughs> laying down on the ground for five minutes. Oh, that guy barely got touched and he falls to the ground. Like you, you'll see it over and over again on Twitter and other places on social media. All the complaints of like, this is why soccer won't make it in America because of that. You know, because we don't. And it's like, it's it's extremely annoying because well, one. 
look at any of the sports that are American, there's flopping left and right. I mean, just watch a game of the NBA, a quarter oh, yeah. of the NBA, you see guys uh, screaming for call. I mean, watch LeBron play basketball and then <laughs> talk to me about flopping because the guy will hunt for every single call. He'll berate the refs all game long. He'll throw his head back. He's the biggest, toughest guy on the floor, and he flops <laughs> all over the place. So don't tell me that there's not flopping in American sports. And two, like, yeah, of course soccer is never going to be as big as football and as baseball and, and, and basketball and things like that because those sports were invented here. Like, they, they happened <laughs> here. Like, soccer is huge <laughs> everywhere else because those are the countries where soccer was invented. Like, that yeah. is why it is a, a, the world sport. And then we have our little sports here in America where we like to play baseball and the other countries are like, go go play a real sport. You know, the, the, <laughs> the people here that think like, oh, like soccer is such for wussies and things like that, get a little bit bigger view in the fact that soccer is the most yeah. popular game in the entire world. Like, oh, yeah. you know, it is bigger than, uh, yeah, football's king here, but nothing beats soccer when we're talking about international sports and the eyeballs and the money and things like that. So, like, respect the game a little bit. I understand you don't have to love it, but at the same time, it's like soccer is, is big worldwide <laughs> compared to some of our stuff here. So that is my annoying big pet peeve uh, of watching the World Cup and going on social media is all the people commenting, oh, there goes another flop and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I did text you earlier when that one guy, like, literally was on the ground. Well, right. Three different. But I wasn't complaining about it. No, no. I mean, the, the guy was exhausted, but I was like, all right, just drag him off the field at this point. Well, no, like, the annoying <laughs> thing that you pointed out was, like, yeah, guys flopped and get calls and things like that. That's, like, part of the strategy of soccer. What you were pointing out is the, the same guy multiple <laughs> times. You know, the ref kept stopping the game, even though the guy, usually the refs will stop the game if they think it's like, hey, this might be a head injury or something like that. Like, you know, that's when we're going to stop. Otherwise, we're going to let things play on for a bit, and then we'll stop it if the ball goes out of bounds, whatever. This same guy, the ref continued to just stop the game, even though the guy was just, like, flopping on the ground, barely got touched. Like, that's an annoyance, but that's not something that happens constantly. Yeah. Like, that's that's where it's just people that complain well, about well, that. Well, so the thing, too, is, is that I even told uh, one of my kids today, I was like, I was like, hey, anybody watching the World Cup? And literally, might have been one hand. And the kid was from Germany. So it's Man. like, you know, it, it was it was crazy because like no one no one was hyped about it. And I was hyped about it because, first of all, you get a bet on it, but also because of the sole fact that I love watching these big tournaments. My favorite tournament is the Champions League because I'm a Real Madrid right, fan. Right, right. So when I get to watch that, that's awesome. I love watching Real Madrid. But then you look at the World Cup. This comes once. It's like the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, literally, you, you need to understand. And USA the, has not been in this for eight years. So like they yeah, missed the exactly. last one. So it's like exactly. you should be, if you're any at all a sports fan, you should be excited for this. Like you don't have to love soccer, but like you should be excited in my mind. I don't understand. I mean, Maybe they just do a bad job marketing this. I don't know what, but like you're right. I don't think kids are as excited about this as like we are. I think a lot of people right, in right. their 20s, 30s, like I think you know the f- people that got to see. Maybe it's just the fact that we got to see that those incredible moments, like the Landon Donovan stuff, and like those incredible moments uh, in the past with like the Team USA, and then that has not really Team USA has been like nothing for a while. Right. And right. now they're they're young and they're fun and they're they're qualified again and maybe they're just not household names yet. I guess. Yeah, and, like there's and no I real will... star besides Pelusic. Like that's the only guy that some people even know. Everybody else on the team in the past it was Clint Dempsey and Tim Howard and Landon Donovan and like you knew you knew these guys and there's not really a ton of household names right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I wish Alexi Lawless went out there and just bust some caps because that guy would be the biggest guy on the field. Uh, yeah. But overall, funny story. Uh, one of my best friend's uh, sister-in-law had a chance to date Christian Pulisic. Really? And uh, and yeah. And is it Pulisic or Pulisic? I, I don't, don't know, know what it's it all, is. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And she had a chance to date him like back when they were like <laughs> you know, 18, 19 years old and something like that. And she she just said, "All right, I'm just going to be friends with you instead." And I was, I mean, she's doing well enough for herself yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. But at the same the time, got away. <laughs> yeah, the one that got away, the you got this U.S. He's the soccer face star of over. U.S. soccer right now. They call him yeah. Captain America. Like, well, the one thing, the crazy. one thing that does piss me off about about the USA soccer yeah. is that, like, how do we not have certain guys out there that, like, I mean, I understand, like, you know, genetics and all this kind of stuff, but. There's a ton of people playing soccer still in the United States that, you know, you don't have to watch it, but these people are playing playing soccer in the United States. Why don't we have, like, like a, a, a tall guy out there that can head the ball or something? Like, see, find, find me something. Yeah, we like, got all these it, small, quick guys out there. No... It just looked like like the, the the Welsh were out there, and they were it was like it was oh, yeah, like they got uh, freaking – the Giants versus it was like the yeah. Little Giants movie. You got freaking uh, I don't know the freaking uh, the the Scarface or whatever that guy's yeah, name yeah. was a Little Giant and going I mean going no, against the right. Little Pipsqueak. Uh, Team USA is little. They're small. They're fast, but they're definitely getting. I mean, there's a reason why there were so many yellow cards in this game. I mean, Team USA was just getting sh- pushed around all game long. Uh, oh yeah. But yeah, it's gonna be. You know, we're not gonna spend too much time on this, but like, yeah, it's gonna be a tough road, an interesting road here for USA trying to get out of group stage because now, you know, you, you've got a big game against England where you've got to, I mean, you've got to somehow maybe try to scrape out a tie. I don't think they're gonna win, but if they could at least get a tie, a draw, like I that believe would it's be- gonna be goals, goal, uh, goal differential. I think is the tiebreaker, and then if it goes by a tie by that, then it goes by head to head, and I think after that it might go well, by like away goals or, too. It starts with the yeah. Points, well, well, so, yeah. yeah, I'm saying but because yeah. you think about it. Wales is probably gonna lose to England. England might right. just just shut. I mean, I mean, they already killed Iran today. Right, uh, yeah. But everyone's probably gonna beat Iran, and then you got it's. it's that's why this game was so important, right? But right, you're looking right. at it and saying, okay, you know what's gonna happen? I think goal difference is gonna play a huge factor in this. Yeah, whole time I'm time. worried. I mean, Friday. Fr- that's why Friday. It's like you'd like to try to keep it low and and, and draw, I guess. Oh, and let, or let, I mean, maybe not necessarily low. Maybe you'd like like USA to get at least two goals. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. Everyone's gonna beat up on. Iran, but it's going to come down to like this game today could end up being really costly, not getting the win instead of just a draw. So uh, we'll see. Uh, by the way, fans, let's we move into the money line. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is officially live in Maryland for those Maryland folks here. Uh, now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports with DraftKings anytime and anywhere right here in Maryland. For a limited time, new customers who sign up with promo code DC Crossover will receive $200 in free bets instantly, obviously with World Cup going on. Uh, I mean, you've got a, lo- a while here because you've got knockout stages and things like that. This was now is the time where if you want to utilize those bets, now's the time to do it. DraftKings has the best features, including same-game parlays, unlimited player props, and more with fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips. DraftKings Sportsbook is where Mike and I both go for all our sports betting needs. Here's what you do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Now and use promo code DC crossover to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any sport. Uh, only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code DC 
crossover. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. You must be 21 years or older, physically present in Maryland. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus issued in free bets. Uh, See DraftKings.com slash MD for full terms and conditions. Thank you again to DraftKings. And our money line is Mike has had a wonderful run here of late. With his DraftKings picks uh, for our money, his <laughs> money line picks, I was about to say his his real life bets, maybe not so much. But yep. uh, fifteen and seven, you've been great. I'm eight and fourteen. I'm still below five hundred. I got to turn it around here. We'll go through our locks and our dogs. I'll start. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep betting on college football until it's over. Um, so even right. though yeah. I've been terrible, yeah. uh, but I'm gonna go with Texas minus eight and a half versus Baylor. I like Texas winning by. You know, a couple touchdowns or maybe a touchdown and a field goal, something like that. I, I think Texas gets the dub here, and I hope they cover that. Uh, my dog, this is going to be a fun one, Michigan and Ohio State. I think weird things happen with these rivalry games. I think Michigan may be able to keep it somewhat close. I ultimately think Ohio State will win this one, but I think Michigan, uh, who's a seven-and-a-half dog, I think maybe Michigan loses by a field goal, something along those lines. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they keep it close. So Michigan plus seven and a half against Ohio State on Saturday. The battle, uh, the undefeateds, uh, that's going to be my dog. Yeah, Michigan and Ohio State kind of struggled this past week. Obviously, Maryland and Ohio State uh, and, and Michigan's game, it was down to the wire. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they barely won that game, right, right. Uh, which was crazy as well. Um, but looking at my lock, I, I was looking at college football, just like you said, because I really wanted to, you know, stick the college football season out, but I didn't really like anything too, too much. I think one bonus play, not, this is not my official, but sure. one of my bonus plays is going to be UNC minus two uh, and a half against NC state. NC state's just reeling and Drake may, uh, I think can lead that yeah, Tar Heels like that. team yeah. minus two and a half against the Wolfpack. Uh, but my real lock is the Dolphins minus 12 versus the Texans. The Texans suck. They are so bad. It is embarrassing that they're even a team right now, and that's why they should have a relegation system just like the EPL does uh, over there in London. Um, but apparently soccer is not popular, so no one really cares, right, apparently. Yeah. Quote, quote, quote unquote. Sucks, apparently. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then you're looking at the dogs here. I'm going with the Rams okay. plus 14 and a half a and the line. Chiefs. It opened up, at, I believe, Five and a half or four and a half, and something drastically had to change. It might have been wow. maybe because of the Cooper Cup news, um, yeah. but, but still, I mean, two. If you're gonna be two touchdowns I mean, and the defending Super Bowl champs, that. yeah, with 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 Stafford at the helm, I mean, the Chiefs, yeah, they might run it up, but they're not a world this beater this NFL. year without Tyreek Hill. Like bad I mean, teams yeah, like- cover that sort of margin. I mean, like that's crazy. Fourteen and a half. You, you guys listening at home, you got to be nuts to not take. Rams plus 14 and a half at Chiefs. I mean, I'm, I'll probably, even though that wasn't my pick, like I'll probably bet that too because it's like, yeah. If, in the NFL, like you said, if, if anybody's giving you over two touchdowns as a spread, like you, you got to go with the dog because, like, this is the NFL. I mean, bad teams at least cover those types of spreads uh, in this league because it, it is, it's the NFL. I keep saying it. Unless you're the Texans. <laughs> yeah, unless you're the Texans for sure. But wow, I like that a lot. Uh, that is our money line picks of the week. Uh, it is good to be back again. You can welcome back, us. partner. Yes, uh, we had so much. I mean, there were even stuff we didn't even get to today. We have still have, uh, but we're not going to do a two-hour show this time. So we will. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back uh, next week where we'll be able to uh, talk about 
the uh, Falcons Commanders game. I'll of course be, uh, I'm sure, talking about my terrible Thanksgiving loss with the Lions and Bills game. But hey, you never know. And then one thing I wanted to tease uh, everybody to remember that we did this last year. We did the airing of grievances, the Festivus show. We're going to do another one this year here in December. So be prepared. Um, Start getting in your grievances now, if you'd like, via Twitter, <laughs> at the DC Crossover yeah. and at Cerrone16, because that's where we do a show where Mike and I just kind of go down our lists and talk about things that piss us off. And that's going to be the <laughs> festivist airing of grievances. I'm excited for that show. That'll be coming up in December. Uh, besides that, again, the TikTok, DC Crossover <laughs> podcast on there. And uh, support our sponsor, DraftKings. Use promo code DC Crossover. Get what is it? Two hundred and free bets. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. If you're if you're a gambling man like Mike or and I, you're gonna you you, you need that money. So you need those <laughs> yeah, I would love it. <laughs> that is uh, that is for sure. Uh, anything else, Mike? Before we wrap it up here, uh, not too much. Obviously, like you said, you've been out for a few weeks. So I I, I do still have a funny experience, which, as you right. know, and I teased it before that. The grill that's in the backyard, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a funny experience because there's, there was a lot to unbox in that experience out there in Chantilly. That'll so that'll be, be coming uh, next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely we definitely got to get into that one. Uh, and because, yeah, Backyard Grill Chantilly, uh, not a sponsor. Definitely. Uh, they, uh, it is <laughs> Might not a, be there that much longer. <laughs> it is a rough scene over there. Uh, we all of you at home, we wish you the best Thanksgiving. Uh, enjoy it. Eat a lot for us, us fat boys out there. And uh, we will see you next week. It's been another episode of the DC Crossover. Take us out, John Z. Happy Turkey Day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>